Uh, we got some visitors in the house this morning. How do we feel about our visiting friends Crossroads? Yes, yes, yes. We are so glad that you are here and come uh, to worship with us today. And we pray uh, that you feel the spirit of God and the love of God in this place. We love him. I'm going to read from Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. And it reads, My child, if you have put up security for a friend's debt, or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger, if you have trapped yourself by your agreements and are caught by what you said, follow my advice, save yourself. You have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride. Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter's net, like a bird fleeing from a net. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer to gather food for the winter. We're going to talk, teach, and preach from the subject of making sense out of life. Before we get started this morning, I want you to hear this young woman's testimony for a couple of minutes. like that, that your life just didn't make sense and you were struggling and didn't feel worthy of anything or anybody, let alone God, that your life was in such a wreck, you said, Lord, don't, don't, don't use me. And then in the midst of that struggle, you hear the word of the Lord. It heals you. It restores you. But yet there are Many of us 
we as humanity have seemed to lost our way. The majority of people seem to be living lives that simply don't make sense. And they don't seem interested in turning it around. But there's something you can do to begin to live a life of well-meaning, of well-being, meaning and fulfillment, a life that does make sense. But let's talk a few minutes this morning about uh, some things that just don't make sense. Constantly thinking about your failures of your past and having anxiety about your future. These thoughts cause you stress, to be in fear and worry and full of anger and resentment, and that only hurts you. Things that don't make sense. Having a consistent drive for more, for more wealth, for more possessions, more power and more status. But greed and selfishness caused by fear will slowly destroy our lives. Things that don't make sense. Living a life based on somebody else's expectation, your parents, your peers. Society has expectations about what you should be. Don't you think it crazy that we become certain people and we spend our lives chasing things that we were told that should be important to us? It's a little wonder that so many people are currently living lives feeling the void of meaning. When we discover that each and every person's true self has been smothered and confined by what society thinks we should be. You were born to be and to express your own uniqueness. We must allow God to lead our lives and not be guided by external forces. Solomon, in our text, who's declared to be the wisest man to ever live, is talking to a group of young men about how to make sense out of life and how to come to their senses. The first five chapters of Proverbs is all about wisdom, about how to make sense out of life. And the first thing that Solomon says in the text in verse two, he says, my child, if you put up security for a friend's debt or greed to a debt of a stranger, he says in verse two, you've trapped yourself. See, some of us have signed up for some stuff we couldn't handle. When we borrow certain amounts of money and we sign a contract and say that we will do certain things to pay back that money and when we find out we can't meet that obligation, uh, we may go and ask somebody to co-sign on a loan for us. Uh, That's a principle I never understood because if the bank that got billions won't back you, why you come to me and I ain't got but a few hundred? That just didn't make sense to me. But King Solomon says if you have caught yourself in that situation, uh, he said, don't do it. Because the word, the scripture says that a borrower becomes a slave to the lender. So you're going to want to do some things in life. You're going to want to go on vacation, go shopping, to the movies, out to dinner. Uh, but your debt, your financial situation is now your slave master is going to keep you from doing it. He's had your resources all tied up. But see, some of us have co-signed in some stuff that wasn't financial. Uh, We co-sign for somebody. And let me tell you what co-signing is. Co-signing is when somebody doesn't have enough weight behind them to accomplish something. They come to you and you throw your weight behind them to help them get it done. See, some of us have co-signed in other situations. Some of us have co-signed in fornication. Some of us have co-signed for something immoral and illicit. Some of us have co-signed by moving somebody else's weight across town. Oh, let me be mindful of my audience this morning. 
When I'm talking about moving somebody else's weight across town, I'm talking about a street-level pharmacist who is ready to make delivery of his product, and he asks you as his friend to deliver it to the other side of town. Are you with me? You've co-signed up for something. If you're to learn anything today, I want you to be careful what you put your name on. King Solomon says in verse 3, he says, follow my advice and save yourself because you have placed yourself at, your free, at the mercies of your friend. He says this, swallow your pride and go and beg to have your name, re, re, I mean, your name erased. There are some consequences that can affect our reputation and our good name all because we have co-signed for someone and something. And the Bible says that a good name is more valuable than gold. Not being honorable and faithful to God, we can damage our good name. Here's some things about having a good name. Someday you're going to want to get married. And he and she is going to check your name out. At some point you're going to want to own a home and the mortgage company is going to check your name out. You're going to go on a job interview and they're going to check your name out. Some of you are going to want to start your own business and company one day and the financial institutions are going to check your name out. The choices you make right now can affect you in your future. They can devalue and ruin your good name. It can also damage your resources. In fact, be careful, church, what you put on an email, a blog, a tweet, a Facebook. Everybody in here knows at least one person that's, that's life has been messed up. They've been fired from a job. They've been put out of school. The family has fallen apart. Why? Because they put their name on it. There's no sense in going through a bad situation if you don't learn anything from it. You should be able to look at some of the mistakes you made and some of the people who are close to you and you ought to be able to learn something from that and to grow. There are some lessons in life, church. I wish you hear me this morning. There's some lessons in life that you don't have to get a PhD in mistake making to learn. God wants his people to have hope for the future. And if somebody in here this morning is asking the question, how do I make sense out of life? You know what that tells me? There's some pain going on somewhere. And every hurting person who says that I want to hand them this book. And I want to say, there is a plan to change the course of your life. If you just open up this book, you read it and you meditate on it, there are great things ahead of you if you just simply follow the plan. God has done so much for his kids. In fact, he's done exceedingly abundantly more than we can think and ask. Those who are asking the question, how do I make sense out of life? If you would do, Pastor, just a favor for a few minutes, put that on the back burner of your mind as I begin to share with you some things that can make your future look different. I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm here to declare in this place there are good things ahead of you right now. Your, your right now is not your life sentence. I wish I had some help in here. Let me say that again. Your right now is not your life sentence. Solomon says this. He says in the text, in verse 5, and it's, it's really amazing to me as I studied this thing and began to think about King Solomon 
uses the animal and the insect kingdom to help us make sense out of life. Here it is in the text, verse 5. He says, save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter. He said, you ought to have some gazelle sense. Gazelle sense? What you talking about, pastor? Look, gazelles can jump 30 feet in the air. Gazelles know that sometime in their life, the only way to avoid a problem is they're going to have to jump over it. They know that at some point in their life, there's going to be some stuff that they're going to need to get over. What are you saying, Pastor? Listen, there are some things that will come up in your life, and the only way that we're going to get over it is to have some gazelle sense and get over it. Look, I don't know what's happened in your past. Somebody didn't dog you out, get over it. Somebody didn't lie on you, get over it. Somebody spread rumors about you, manipulating you, get over it. They shouldn't have fired you from that job. They never should have walked out of your life. My mom and daddy wasn't no good. I'm here to tell you, have some gazelle sense and get over it. Have some gazelle sense. Gazelles don't only know how to jump, they know how to run. They know that there's some situations that come up in life and the best way to escape is simply run. See, if we're to learn from our past mistake and have some gazelle sense when stuff is coming at us and we know we can't handle it, we need to run. If you have a drinking problem and somebody comes offering you alcohol, run. If you're struggling with addictions and you see your old drug dealer coming, run. When you see a man or a woman and they sweet, sexy, and seductive, but you know they strange, run. Don't flirt with it. Don't exchange numbers. Don't, don't talk to them. Don't hit them on Facebook. Don't ask them out to dinner. Don't put it in an email. Don't tweet at it. Run. Have some gazelle sense. See, gazelles are social animals too. They operate in a herd, 30, 50, 100 of them. You don't ever see a gazelle by itself, for they understand the importance of being connected with others like them. It's a trick of the enemy for you to think that you can handle life all by yourself. So you don't, you don't see a leg walking down the street by itself. A leg, no, it needs to be connected to the body. See, when you are connected, you can be successful and sufficient and survive when we're connected to people with like minds who, who are heading in the same direction we are, who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank God you don't have to do life all by yourself. Get connected with folks full of the Holy Ghost to help you make sense out of life. If you're not there yet, if you ain't catching up with pastor, listen what Solomon said. Solomon said, look, be like a bird who is escaping from a net. He said, you ought to at least have bird sense. When birds are being hunted and they're trying to be trapped, the hunter uses a net and a bird has a way of flying over the traps. The only way a bird can be trapped is when it comes down to the net. There are a lot of traps out there trying to get you. Political traps, social traps, economic traps, judicial traps, educational traps. Logan, I'm here to tell you, there's a lot of traps out there. We call them systemic traps. See, if you know the judicial system works differently for poor and minority folks, if there's one set of rules for rich folk and another set for poor folk, do me a favor and have some bird sense and rise above it. Stay out of the trap. 
See, a bird knows that the only way he can be trapped is when he low down. See, some of us involved in some low down lifestyles. That's why we getting caught up in some traps. You do me a favor, rise above the traps. God has given us the power to avoid the traps by the indwelling of his spirit that leads and guide us into all truth and understanding. He's given us the ability to rise above the traps of the world. Come on, Holy Ghost, help me with this thing. Watch how the enemy will set you up. He'll sign you up in your youth because you won't feel the consequences until you get older. The enemy comes at you in your singleness. See, he wants to get you in the sex trap. Lust here, lust there, lust everywhere. And see, you, you're gonna, you, one day you're going to want to get married. And you're going to find out you didn't run into some stuff you can't get rid of. The enemy wants to attack you in your singleness. The enemy wants to come to you when you're unemployed. You say, well, I ain't got no job. It don't matter. I got to eat. I got to get these few bills paid. Then you get caught in the judicial trap. And then you get out and you get a job and they do a background check on you. And they come to you and they fire you because they said, we didn't know you had all this in your background. And they had to let you go. It's a trap. The enemy wants to attack you and trap you in your now. Because he knows it's going to affect your not yet. The enemy tempts you in your now to get you messed up in your not yet. You do something stupid to get you messed up in the now, but you won't feel the consequences until you're not yet. So you're so easily tempted because you think that your now is going to be your always. Listen to me, now you're broke. Now, uh, in, now you're unemployed. Now you're uneducated. Now you're unimportant. Now you don't have any significance. So you think now is going to be your always, but your now is not going to be your always. See, God has something for you in the not yet. In the night yet, you're not broke, but you're rich. In the night yet, you're not sick, but you're healthy. In the night yet, you're employed, not unemployed. In the night yet, you own your own company. In the night yet, you're not alone. You have a wife and a family. In the night yet, your influence was not insignificant. Your right now is not your life sentence. I wish I had some help in here. That's why the enemy wants to mess you up and jack you up in your now. And why King Solomon says, you need to have some bird sense. You need to rise above the traps that the enemy sets for you. Watch how a bird does it. The bird flies high, the bird lives high, the bird rests high. It's either, or the easiest way to catch a bird is when a bird comes down to the net. So listen church, I'm asking you to fly high. I'm asking you to have some bird sense. Do what a bird does, he builds his nest high. In treetops, on skyscrapers, on mountaintops. Bird understands the importance, watch this church, of having its home in a high place. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. See, our homes need to be in a high place. Our home ought to be the place where we share the word of God. Our home ought to be the place where we pray. Our home ought to be the place where God is centered. We need to keep our home in a high place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Birds don't only have their homes in a high place, they rest in a high place. See, they rest on pile lines and treetops because they know that they need to stay above the mess. See, right now, you're studying all night long, trying to do the right thing, staying up late so you can graduate. Uh, you're, you're working hard, trying to keep your life on track, long hours at work, and, but you need to get your rest too so you can stay above the traps. Listen, listen, if you ain't with me yet, here's my last chance to get you. Uh, the, the, the Solomon says in the word in verse 6 he said listen 
take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. He said, Logan, if you ain't got nothing else, you can at least have some ants, sis. He said, listen, ants work through their stuff. They're not lazy. They're not slowful. They work through their stuff because an ant knows this. I can't jump 30 feet high. An ant knows I can't run 60 miles an hour. An ant knows that he can't build his house in treetops, but an ant can work through anything. An ant depends on their strength for survival. Ants can lift 20 times their own weight. And listen, church, they don't focus on what they can do. They focus, I mean, on what they can't do. They focus on what they can do. I'm telling you this, church, because I believe that you can do 20 times more than you're doing right now for the kingdom of God. When you depend on the strength that God gives you, you can do all things through Christ who gives us strength to get it done. Listen, have some ants sense. You, you just, uh, ants aren't just strong, they specialize. You don't see an ant in a colony trying to do everything. An ant has to use their specialty. There's scout ants, there's workers ants, there's soldier ants, there's leaf cutting ants, there's fruit cutting ants, there's queen ants, they all specialize. They use their specialty to build unity and efficiency. When, when an ant sees another ant doing something, having a different ability than they do, they don't get jealous. They say, wait a minute, I can't do that, but I can do this. Listen, if we get together, I believe that we can do more together than we can apart. I, I'm going to say it again. I believe we can do more together than we can do apart. It is, help me Holy Ghost, it is the diversity that brings about unity. We must learn to stop jumping on one another and work together by using our specialties. What is your specialty this morning? And don't tell me you don't have one because every blood-bought believer of Jesus Christ, God has given you two things, his spirit and a spiritual gift. That's right. Not all Christians have all gifts, but we have at least one. And you need to discover, demonstrate, and develop that gift. And that takes time. What you're going to have to do is get off the sideline and get into the game and begin to develop that gift. I've said it once. And I'll say it again, you can do 20 times more than you're doing right now when you learn what your specialty is. You might not be able to do what somebody else can do, but you can do what you can do. The other thing about ants, ants are social. In fact, gazelles are social. Birds of a feather flock together. Watch what ants do. Ants fight for the queen and the colony. They don't fight them by themselves. If you see one ant, there's a bunch of ants nearby. An ant will fight to the death when it comes to the queen. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling, this, I'm telling you this morning that we've got to learn how to fight for the king and our churches. We've got to learn how to fight for our king and our churches. Listen, we got to have an attitude for God I live and for God I die. An ant will fight for the queen until it's death. All I'm trying to say is will you fight with me for our king and our churches? I wish I had some help in here. Listen, 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 if you can't find the strength, you need to know something. Jesus fought for your life. He overcame the devil. He hung on an old rugged cross. He bled and died for your sins. And won't you fight for your king and take a stand for righteousness this morning? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. King, King Solomon says, and save too. See, he said they work all summer so they can have resources for the winter. That's why we need to have some answers that while we're in the summer of our life, in our youth, that we are working to put up our resources for the winter of our life when we get old so that we can have some stuff later on in life. King Solomon said, do you have some answers? How to make sense out of life. We need to know what mode to go in. See, my iPad has a multiplicity of modes. There's a silent mode, an airplane mode, a, a music mode. And, and if I'm going to go to work on my iPad, I need to know what mode to be in. If I want to do some work, I can't do work if the iPad is on airplane mode. What are you saying, preacher? Listen, you, you, you got to know what mode to go in. See, because if you're trying to work through some stuff that you need to just get over, or maybe you're trying to get over some stuff that you need to simply rise above, or maybe you're trying to rise above some stuff that you need to be working through. You had to at least have some answers. I wish I had some help in here. I'm going to bring this thing to a close. Listen, this morning, I know I can no longer afford this selfish, superior lifestyle. I see that my ability to remain comfortable has stopped me from ascending to new heights because I was afraid to risk. First of all, God, I am grateful for you, your patience and your willingness to journey with me. No matter how often I return to my own selfish pursuits, but more than that, I am deeply convinced that the time in which I live in is ripe with opportunities for greatness. I have just as much chance as any man, great man or woman of God that has gone before me to do something great for the kingdom. I praise you, Lord. In this moment of clarity, as I recognize the deceptions that have been placed in my life, and knowing this makes me stronger, there's absolutely no point in waddling in self-pity. On the road of head is brightly lit by the Holy Spirit. My destiny lies somewhere out there. One step at a time, one day at a time, with God's power and wisdom, I can move ahead and begin to make sense out of life. I know I will never see it all clearly as you care more about my character and developing my faith and trust then you do anything that I can accomplish for myself. I pray today that the seeds that have been planted in me years ago will bear real and lasting fruit. I pray for the patience to water and to nourish the seed until it reaches its maturity. As I learn to wait on you, I pray that I will manifest your fruit to everyone I meet even as the Holy Spirit checks my spirit and he reminds me that peace will be my measuring stick. From my past experience, I've learned that when I lost my peace, I lost my patience. And when I lost my patience, I lost my self-control. And Satan stepped into that void and began to attack me with anxiety, confusion, and even despair. And so I ask you 
Jesus to help me trust you and to know where real authority is and that's God because all things work together for good for those who have been called by God Father we thank you for all that you've done for us and all you will do with your power with your strength and with your wisdom we can begin to make sense out of this life church <laughs> I wish we could see the wisdom Solomon used the animal and the ant kingdom the lowest common denominator to teach a lesson to you and I about life that's wisdom we're supposed to be thinking intelligent bright human beings and we're wandering around and we're struggling trying to win life all by ourselves you don't have to God is willing to help you and the doors of the church are open right now for you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior maybe you already know him but you've been struggling with the issues of life you just can't make sense out of it everything I seem to try fails everything I seem to go after just ends up with nothing he said listen if you got a little bit of bird sense a little bit of gazelle sense and the work ethic of an ant I can help you achieve and aspire the things out of life but you got to trust him if you don't know him you have to accept him as your personal savior you have to say Jesus I'm a sinner I'm wretched and undone and I need you to come into my life and to save you save me from myself won't you come maybe you just need to have a talk with him tell him all about your troubles and he'll help you he'll help you all you got to do is follow the plan as the band sings won't you come won't you come Thank you.